0: catchy. come on, Jeffrey. Very you can day. do it, pave the way, put your back into it. Tell us why, show us how. Look at pay
1: where you for you your medals. You now Suckers. pay a
2: billion dollars to get a metal
1: tackle. No one heard that part. Come on, Jeff. Get them, get Jeff. And welcome, everybody, to episode 60. Five of the Light Chat podcast. I'm Brandon Ross with Walter Pisick and Rich Greenfield, and um that was a catchy one. I like that song.
2: It's been all over I, TikTok, Brandon. It's it's been, it's been a very popular TikTok song, even prior to this this space
0: odyssey. You know, very high. <laughs> Brandon displays. Brandon wouldn't know that because I don't think Brandon's ever gone on TikTok. Like I really? just don't think that's completely untrue. In well, fast, he has because I, I send actually,
1: you guys funny TikToks yeah, all the time, and I actually followed somebody new on
2: TikTok this week. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I always—it's always, it's always <laughs> funny when people say, "Oh, I have a certain number of followers on TikTok." Like no one goes I to the have following any followers page on
1: TikTok. I've but, never you know, actually done a TikTok creation. I don't think I'm creative enough um, to do a TikTok. We know Rich has done a TikTok.
2: I just got fed a new t- a TikTok from him this week, which you know he, I think he put it on Twitter
1: guess. Oh, yeah, he did. And he did the, the sort of that transitional change between wearing his Snap t-shirt and his Twitter t-shirt. Um, and I know Rich right now is very proud of the quarters that um, Snap and Twitter put up, specifically Snap, as he upgraded his price target the day before. I think, I think it may have blown through that,
0: Richard. Not yet. But I think what's amazing, Brandon, is just like Turner or AT&T reported um, and advertising for Turner was actually down versus 2019. So like TV advertising, you know, I mean, like it's just happening. Like every person is on these mobile platforms and advertisers. I think what's exciting is that you're actually starting to see real momentum. I think you'll see it from Google next week. Um, I'm sure Facebook's going to show you know huge growth, but you can really feel that advertisers are, are shifting behavior. And I think that's just what's sort of like, that's what's making it fun to cover these stocks right now is that they're just, there's huge momentum and tailwinds on top of the fact that the economy is on fire. I'm sure, it's certainly not hurting, but yes, yeah. it was a very good 24 hours for light
1: and it's going to be a good 24 hours from now for Walt, who heads off to St. Bart's on his 25th anniversary trip.
2: It will be nice as well. I will be taking a regular plane, not a plane that flies very high into the atmosphere. <laughs> Wait, will you get a pin? I'll <laughs> well, pay for a and pin. Do you,
0: and do, you're going to have a hat? Are you going to have a participation hat participation
2: like trophy. No, yeah, no, no well, man. You I think get a lot a of hat people like in St. Bart's do wear it corny hats like that but we'll see i don't
0: think you. i don't think you're gonna to see too many cowboy hats in saint bart's i'm just putting that out there
2: okay i'll send you pictures then
1: yeah. are, are would... you bringing one
2: walter you, you know they have those you know they have those cowboy hats from that what was oh, that movie like with a the bartender cowboy with the bartender where she was dancing on the bar and everything they have they wore cowboy hats what was that movie remember what i'm talking um, about hogs and heifers no that was the name of the bar no that was the bar um, but, that, but what was the movie about hogs and heifers Coyote Ugly, I believe. It yes. Is. Very good. That was. Where so did I'm you pull that out from? My brain. I mean, seriously. Rich that's rich that's like. Where the memories reside. Was it your
1: brain or was it a joke alone message?
2: No, it was.
1: Because uh, <laughs> Joe Galone just came across with the message.
2: Well, they probably came after I actually said Coyote Ugly. But, yeah, probably. But we'll give him credit for it anyway. <laughs> All right. Um I will send pictures of the coyote ugly hats and I'm sure I will appear in some of these places we'll go to. About the
0: Just have a croissant and a baguette. That's all. Nice breakfast morning in St. Bart's.
2: Sure. That's where I'm going to St. Bart's. Yeah, that's... The croissants <laughs> and the baguettes. Nice croissant.
0: They got great cobs there. <laughs> I, I, I like driving over and having a you know, having a cappuccino and or an espresso and, and a Baguette with butter. It was like the perfect morning. Joe Galon points out that hogs and heifers is now. A retail. Yes, we
2: know that Joe that happened 10, 15 years ago, but we'll see if the city can is going to revert back to that area being which is now very she being a shithole again as it was back in the days when are you, I would are, are you talking back. about
1: the meatpacking district. Yes,
2: there used to be like a crazy club right next to hogs and heifers. There. There's a lot of
1: there's it's a lot of clubs. Super so. dingy. And, and
0: Brandon, did you go to a concert this week, like an outdoor concert. I did.
1: I'm in Colorado.
0: How many people were at this concert? Like, what was well, the...
1: Yeah, so I went to Red Rocks because whenever I'm in Denver and it's the summer, I kind of have to go to Red Rocks. So who um, played? I saw Bonobo, who's a DJ there. I have no it idea who that it
2: is. It oh, I've a... got the Nobos shorts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bonobos,
2: Bonobos. I didn't know they also had a band. Yeah. Is this, a, okay. is this this well, media first band. strategy that everyone's no,
1: executing no. on? Where they well, have yes,
0: yes. Magazine. This is how you a build a media brand and around you your shorts. shorts. Yeah. I love oh, my
1: bonobos. Do you know what a bonobo is? I don't know, oh, but no. I have
2: bonobo shorts. I'll be wearing them on St. Bart's. It's, it's a chimpanzee. I think I have bonobos. <laughs> <laughs> it really. Oh, that's hilarious. The apes have invaded again. Yes, there's are oh, so many. I'm going to be
0: wearing my... So many
1: inside jokes on that one. Yeah. Um, But Red Rocks is...
0: is But how many people were there? Like, was it packed or was was it actually...
1: it was was like two-thirds full. I think most of the shows at Red Rocks have been sold out. This was kind of... Bonovo probably shouldn't, you know, isn't big enough to play, you know, Red Rock size. And you're probably better off seeing him indoors. But, I mean, everything at Red Rocks is just
0: just Red Rocks. That's all. Brandon's back to outdoor concerts. That's the key takeaway. Nice. Um, okay, let's get started. Our, our first slide, Walt, on, um, I guess, big Dish news, probably the biggest news of the week. It was the biggest news of the week,
2: Rich. It was, I think, it was um, Dish basically dumping T-Mobile in favor of AT&T as their network partner, which means that like, when a Dish customer, whether it's an existing boost customer or a new customer, they're going to put them... What they formerly were going to do as a part of the merger deal, um, they were going to to put it on T-Mobile's network. Now they're going to put them primarily on AT&T's network. the tweet that Rich has up here for our podcast <laughs> listeners, though. So
0: Every I, time I, I look at this like, tweet, I start laughing. Way, this, is, this is the best tweet we have ever had in 65 episodes of the Light Shed podcast. It, it's amazing. So and it, it is, comes from Peter Adderton. So like, it's just Peter this Adderton, is amazing. Jared,
2: Friend of the podcast. Um, yes. It's, it's, he's he's basically dunking on a fierce wireless story. Analyst colon uh, dish deal terrible for AT&T, which obviously is hilarious. If you went into that story Moffitt is the one that's saying that somehow this is bad for AT&T and Adderton's tweet is honestly I thought I was I was full of shit half the time but Craig Moffat has me beat hands down terrible for AT&T uh no it isn't Craig and yes Peter I agree with you uh, no it isn't Craig I mean dude you have an industry that has like no revenue growth left and like look at the revenue the Ver- Verizon's quarter was driven by the wholesale traffic from the cable guys
0: wouldn't it be like saying that the cable deals that the that these that Verizon's on has been bad for Verizon I mean some people the same thing but people did some
2: people maybe him I don't know maybe others um, maybe because it wasn't AT&T it wasn't bad but in this case (laughs) the cable has driven Verizon's revenue to five percent this quarter because of the usage of those customers on their network but more importantly Boost was generating two and a half billion dollars of revenue for T-Mobile. So for AT and T, they're grabbing this is very high margin revenue, right? And you're taking it away from from T-Mobile. So I think it's a huge miscue on, on T-Mobile's part. It's crazy, um, you know. And, and in addition to that, there's there's reference to a spectrum sharing opportunity where that that where AT and T can take Dish's spectrum and put it on their network and bolster it even even better. So I mean, that's to me. Uh, just a great deal, uh, I think for AT&T and, and everyone, some tr- people try to kind of bait them in and, and, you know, give this inference that like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be a half. No, AT&T said, we want to participate in the success that we think is going to happen, um, you know, from dish on, on this new network, they're believers and want to grow just like Verizon has been benefiting from, from the cable deal. Do you think Verizon tried to get this deal? I think this was a surprise because I don't think it was just a straight O deal. So I think they Dish and AT and T have bigger things planned on the spectrum front, but it's not exclusive. There's a minimum where AT and is going to get a minimum of 500 million a year, but so that means the door's open for Verizon, and I would fully expect Verizon to also reach out to Charlie and try and get a piece of that as well, take more revenue away from what would have been T-Mobile and I guess now AT and T, and also maybe try and do a spectrum deal. So I don't think this story is not yet done. I think it's it's it's. It's likely. Uh, I would say it's likely that that Verizon might try and hash out something um, with with Dish as well, which would be kind of a phenomenal turn of events.
0: And Can do you have any? Question? Yeah,
2: go
1: ahead. How, why didn't T-Mobile want to want to do this? I,
2: I don't know. I mean, hubris is the obvious word, right? Where uh, the the relationship between these two was was so inamicable, and there's this narrative that's out there. That no one can get a deal done with Charlie, so maybe they thought that like T would never take them, and you know they could just fuck with them um, during this MBO process, and that the regulators would never step in and say. And by the way, there's still I think there's also a, a likely situation where the regulators still come back to T Mobile and say, no, you can't shut your CDMA network down; you can extend it. So like, had T Mobile I think dealt with dealt with Dish nicely, fairly, you know, and and reasonably. You know i know people are going to say no no charlie's always fucking with people like no fuck you i don't think that's true at all i think the t mobile lost this by being um like very aggressive towards their relationship with this
0: from the beginning of that of that deal getting closed now do we have any idea what what T is is getting paid and how this works relative to other cable operators work and could this help cable like in you know, a reset in rates or this is totally different deals well, so
2: that relates to Verizon, but on at and I think it's more than just price. It's how it's used in the network. I think Dish realized they were going to deal with T-Mobile and they were going to, like if they're, when their customers is going to roam in and off and on them in, in a city, let alone outside a city, that they were going to be a pain in the ass. So they, can, they got a better deal, I think, with T that way. Price-wise, if Verizon comes in and says, look, we'll give it to you cheaper, the question is... Do cable companies have MFN status, meaning, you know, can they get a lower rate out of Verizon? I don't think, I think Verizon, I think if you go back to what Sam Schwartz complained about during the trial, it was about that network integration. So so cable yeah. got their network integration, which means it's easier for Comcast and charter customers when they roam off of, of their Wi-Fi or their own CBRS networks, that that will work better. In return, I'm not sure that they have MFN pricing status. So it's possible DISH could come in get a better price from Verizon and cable still doesn't get marked down because I think Verizon might have done a better job at negotiating that element of the transaction because of what cable got out of it on the
0: other side. So, I mean, that would be great for DISH relative to cable, just in terms of cost.
2: I mean, look, if DISH walks away with this and has access to all three networks <laughs> at their choice, I mean, that's a pretty good
0: that's a pretty good situation. Uh, and what happens? The, <laughs> the, the, and, and what happens? The phone essentially I, is going to choose which network. Dish,
2: yeah. I mean, I think they can direct traffic, especially with eSIM type stuff, and they can direct traffic wherever they, they want. I mean, that's, that's right. what's made TrackPhone a successful company in terms of, of you know, directing traffic. But again, the bigger issue is what if DISH does a network share and it materially lowers the cost for them to build out the network? I mean, this. I think this helps a lot in, in that regard in terms of network functionality. And again, dealing with a company that is going to be more equitable with you in, in the network integration and, and roaming and things like that. So big. I think it's a big transaction. And no, Craig, it is actually a positive for AT&T. So meanwhile, um, just a quick kind of follow-on on this. on the AT&T call, like the other thing we've talked about in terms of where DISH can really win is having this virtualized 5G core. And then we talked last week about how AT&T rushed out an announcement with Microsoft and then no one was available for commentary on it. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe DISH has a window of opportunity where they're having this virtualized core, which really enables private networks and, and companies like Amazon to control and have and open up applications to app developers much easier. And at the t- if you remember from on the last podcast or one before that, we questioned like would a company like AT and Verizon kind of open the kimono to Amazon or Microsoft or whoever that that's not hasn't been in their DNF. And sure enough, on the AT call, they said, nope, we're you know, we're not actually opening the core to Microsoft, which is what Dish is doing with Amazon. We're just doing some edge stuff. So it, it was more like a press release to take away from the Dish Amazon momentum that, that came out of Mobile World Congress, um, but certainly confirmation that DISH has a unique situation in terms of doing a virtualized core with, with their network, which I think all, all, you know, all signs point to that being a way that they can differentiate and benefit and really be the, kind of the leader in terms of some of the new applications that are hopeful in this, on a 5G uh, technology.
0: Shift gears to the NFL, Brandon, why don't you go through this? Because I think this blew you away. Cool. Um, This is from Tom
1: Pelissero. The NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week season in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit and be credited with a loss for playoff seating per sources. Massive implications. Um, Yeah, I mean...
0: Look, they're trying to force
1: vaccination
0: on the players. Um, well, but the other piece of this too, right? The other thing I was reading is that if, if your unvaccinated player causes this or any member of the squad, it doesn't have to be the player, you actually have to pay financial damages for the lost revenue from the game. So like, it's, it's literally going if to, you, if your team doesn't get vaxxed, or if your whole organization doesn't get vaxxed, you're putting the financial risk on your organization beyond just the, the, the wins and losses. So what if
2: someone's vaxxed or a, a bunch of players are vaxxed and there's there's like breakthrough f- 15 breakthrough cl- cases that prevent that team? So they, are they still going to get fined?
1: No, it it okay. didn't, it didn't sound that way. I, gotcha. It's only if the source, um, is unvaccinated players. So yeah, it's just, so what happens work, if there's, there's a massive reaction? Did you see Deandre Hopkins?
2: No. What did he say? What did uh, he say?
1: I mean, he's basically threatening to qu- to quit. Game.
2: DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. I mean, How much does he make in a year?
1: Yeah, exactly. probably like Just, just
0: 20,
1: clear. Just how like much four, does he make? 18, 20. I mean, he's the one who's going to go quit and do what? So,
0: game. Top four probably. Yeah, good luck. Good luck quitting. I'm sure that's well, so, going to happen. But again, was, so, come on, ahead. come but on.
2: My, but my question again is, if there is a breakthrough case, they're going to have to cancel the game. They're not going to play with like 15, 20 players on COVID. If there's no one to blame, then who forfeits?
1: There is no oh, yeah. forfeit,
2: then. Okay, so what do you do?
1: It'll be whatever it was last season, I guess.
0: They replayed the games, didn't they? Right. They, they, re, they made up every game that was missed last year that I remember. Okay. I don't think any games got missed. So if no games were missed last year,
1: then there probably won't be any this year either, no matter well, what. This is just looks- trying to get the players to get vaccinated and probably set some leadership.
2: I mean, if you're vaccinated, though, you're a lot more um, carefree about, like, not going around with masks, which is, I think, fine, right? Yeah, you don't have
1: to follow certain certain rules that are, you know, if your team has enough vaccinations, you don't have to follow anymore. Right, so
2: with Delta and the the lower rules and the fact that, look, when you get vaccinated, you just go about your life a different way, then... The, you know, the risk of, of, you know, 20 breakthrough cases on a team is just higher. So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out.
1: More fascinating than this was, did you see how Sean Hannity came out this week yeah. in favor of vaccination, like kind of guns I blazing?
0: Sort of felt like Fox was finally feeling the pressure to sort of push the 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 their on-air talent to basically, you know, get us towards vaccinations is what it felt like. I mean, I don't know what happened, but it certainly was a a marked reversal for Fox news. So if you're the type of person that you base your medical
2: decisions on what a host says on a television show, <laughs> do you continue to follow that television host? If they flip flop from one thing to the next, is that, do we expect that there's Probably. actually gonna be a
0: shift? Really? Okay. I just don't understand the mentality. <laughs> I mean, so, Has Maria, has Maria been vaccinated? Do we do what, what's like, do we have to check to check on her lately? No idea. No idea. I, I, um, How's that okay, hold on a long, Hold on. Uh, We've got uh, movie theaters up in arms over basically blaming Disney. So the the tweet is from Variety. Movie theaters owners blame Marvel's Black Widow box office collapse on Disney's plus launch, which is absurd. I mean, are there some people that I'm sure stayed home to watch Black Widow at home for $30? Yes. There's probably three to four million people now. Sure. Walt stayed home to watch Black Widow. Um, although his son went to see it in the theater, so it wasn't to like the, the guy whole...
1: I met on the beach stayed home to okay. the... <laughs> it was an ape that owned AMC.
0: <laughs> so but he the, stayed but, home but hold on, well, y- you heard from your son that it wasn't a great movie or wasn't he was amazing wrong, by the way
2: well, one son said it was good, the other one said it was not so good the it was good, it was a good movie. It was a very so, good
0: movie. So the question is, how many people would have actually gone to see it in theaters if it hadn't been available at home? I don't think the whole three to four million would have gone. That's a global number. But the, the reality is, there is an increasing number of people who don't want to go to a movie theater. There's people who can't go to a movie theater, whether it's babysitting or just can't get to a theater. So this idea that the box office collapsed because it was available to three, you know, to, to the to the world essentially at a $30 premium in the US, obviously lower overseas, is absurd. I mean, look, part of it, there's only some revenue that disappeared from that. But on top of it, the reality is you picked up people that never would have gone to see it. And maybe most importantly, a lot of the thing that we're seeing is the early box office numbers, the Thursday and Friday, which were very big numbers for Black Widow. I think you've got like this rabid fan base for Marvel that came out strong. But I think as we're seeing last week, you know, we're seeing sort of week after week, movies are just not performing. And I think it's just because consumers broadly defined they're super excited to go to concerts. I don't think they're super excited. Maybe we'll talk about that in a second, but I don't think they're super excited to sit in indoor movie theaters I think the delta variant all of this stuff is not helping but I just think it's going to take time for consumers to, to to rebound and it may never go back to where it is so I think there's a whole bunch of factors but I think to blame this on Disney for trying to meet the consumer where they are is crazy and I think Disney's just going to like I don't Disney's not changing course because of this this is crazy but that just shows you how desperate the theater owners are basically attacking their number one provider of content at, you know, in the world, they're now attacking Disney head-on. It's amazing.
2: Rich, I did miss out on my free popcorn, but I do. I did make it on my own. It it cost me money to make my popcorn at home, but it did have about three thousand less milligrams of sodium in it. So I feel it, like it I came out taste ahead. Good.
0: There's Wait, no ha- how are you going to get free popcorn?
2: Um, well, I get an email every day from AMC, and um, whether yes. it's, they were giving out all kinds of free stuff, you didn't necessarily have to be a shareholder.
0: Frankly, oh, I thought really I was like, are you buying? That? I thought you were buying. I thought you were buying AMC stock all of a no, sudden. To I, thought you were trying to, I thought that was like trolling me for a second
2: in AMC stock. But um, <laughs> I believe that there was many, many promotions. And I, th- I think I, I have like ten dollars of, of uh, the AMC Stubbs credit still in my in my account. So
0: the funny thing is, is that they're not attacking. This is the second slide we have on this topic. Theater owners did not go out and go crazy on Warner Brothers which released Space Jam last weekend um, and did, I think, like $32 million. Not a great number in the scheme of things. Uh, box office little of weekend was pretty weak, but HBO or at and reported this week and HBO put up another 2.8 million subs. I think it was 2.7 okay, last quarter.
1: The trend again, I, I mean, dude, we, they're I, crushing it Disney hasn't reported
0: yet, but uh, they're Netflix not putting up 2.8 million subs Netflix domestic
1: lost domestic subs. Okay. And yeah. HBO comes and gains 2.8 million subs, which is a pretty great quarter. So
0: it's bonkers. I mean, they're crushing it. I mean, the strategy of putting new movies not at a $30 premium, not at a $20, but just putting the movies on the streaming service is having massive rewards. I mean, it's sort of, I know, Walt, you know, you got upset because they're kind of backtracking on that strategy for next year, where they're only going to put sort of these lesser movies. They're going to do like 10 direct-to-consumer movies, but things like The Batman and sort of their big movies for next year are going to only be um, directly well, well, we'll on. That's,
2: isn't that Zazz's decision to make?
0: Well, I'll be closed uh, now the deal probably not going to close until the second half of next year. So okay. I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I'm hoping in some ways, I, I hope that they're seeing the strategy and would go, Oh my God, maybe the 45 day window. I mean, I think they struck a deal already with Cinemark. So I don't know if they can backtrack on it, but like it, it is crazy that they're not just looking at this going, Hey, the strategy is working. Why would we ever change back? Like that that's the part that sort of kills me because HBO's really, I mean, the, hbo topped out during game of thrones with 30 i think 37 million subs and now they're at 47 million subs so like anyone who doesn't think this strategy is working is nuts i mean now are, these Gossip the Girl. Algo, are
2: these the 90 minute algo movies that are driving these subs ah. yeah <laughs>
0: is that is that these what this are is? Th- these are barry diller specials for sure these are okay. all barry diller specials yes. Sorry, that barry. was a nice
2: 2.8 million people are voting otherwise in terms of the quality
0: well, and look, I think the other piece of this, which is this tweet from Ben Mullen at the Wall Street Journal, who says, "Scoop from Eric." I'm going to screw this up. Eric Schwartzel. You got Apple. it, Rich. I think you've got... Oh, yeah. I Eric, yeah, that was good. That was good. Eric H. Schwartzel. This is this is amazing. What a world! I don't, I don't, I, I don't always read what Apple tweets, but I thought this one is media related. So Apple has told real estate developers it wants to lease a large production campus in Los Angeles for its growing entertainment operations and. We keep saying it on this podcast over and over again. Apple is here to win. I mean, Walt Walt hasn't watched Ted Lasso season two, episode one, which I believe came out. I did see some chatter on Twitter. I've not no spoilers, but I did see chatter saying if there was ever a TV show that you would sit and literally not get up and binge the entire thing in one sitting, it would be Ted Lasso. Like that was people were just like, I can't believe there's only like a one 20 minute episode is all I get today.
2: And I like the fact that they dropped this the first day of the Olympics. Wow, that's, whew.
0: Mm. Um, but a- Apple's going to have not just a big TV business. I think what people keep missing is Apple's going to build a massive movie business. And you're going to start to get a taste of that in 22. And a big campus is being built because they want to do their own productions. I mean, they're, they have really big ambitions that go far beyond what anyone's focusing on. And I think Amazon just bought MGM obviously, we've seen what Netflix is doing. These three behemoths are going to build massive companies on top of what Disney is doing. Everyone else is just nowhere even close. And and the, and the fact that there's no way Apple's going to have 45-day windows before its movies hit Apple TV+. Plus. So I just think this collapsing windows is going to be a topic we're going to be talking more and more about as companies like Apple drive windows shorter and shorter. So-
1: Rich, is this, is this a problem for Netflix? I mean, obviously, Netflix, the quarter um, was weak domestically. The guide was weak domestically. Is it competition? What, what do you think going on at Netflix right now?
0: Look, look everyone's going to say it's competition. But the, the, in my mind, the, the true north is that streaming market share, Netflix is actually getting stronger again. Like it's actually strengthening. They fell to like 21 or 22% of streaming time spent, actually fell below YouTube on connected TVs earlier in the year. Now they're back into the mid 20s. They actually moved ahead of YouTube. um, I think on a two year stack, like if you look at over the last two years, so remove the pandemic, but over two years, time spent per user per day is up 17%. Despite over that period, launch of HBO Max, launch of Peacock, launch of Paramount Plus you know, launch of Disney plus and huge investment in Disney plus ESPN. I mean, you think about all the things that have happened, Yeah, but sub, like, but sub growth is stalling. Sure. But pricing is way too low. Okay. Way well, there, too low. There, there it is. So talk about it is hey, it's the revenue. what, what was just growth. talking about, well, but what was just talking about in his sector, like people are so focused on subs and they're missing revenue, right? Like revenue is what matters. Netflix at, you know, effectively a $12 ARPU is massively underpriced on a global basis. U.S. at what, 14 you know, dollars plus like ARPU is going to go up a lot. And I think you're going to start to see Netflix push more and more on price over the course of the next couple of years. It's become an indispensable service. People are not. Can- no one's canceling. And is become a you know it's it's I don't want to say utility, but I feel like it almost is. Well,
1: the characteristics, at least in the U.S., are starting to look like that of an old MSO, right? Where you have slower sub growth, but you have pricing. but you have pricing growth every year. Probably in the U.S. as far as content costs are, it's hard to break out what's where, but like fix enough that you probably get leverage, and you have margin expansion and it, you know it,
2: it kind of question is how oh. how do investors digest that because as rich has pointed out well, je- you know yeah. we're, we're dealing with this right now in telecom land you know and the fact that like you have these industry net ads that are at re- abnormal rates so there's probably a lot of free lines that are in there and so like in the first quarter verizon had a sub loss and they grew their revenue more than anybody t-mobile had massive numbers net ads and their revenue was down sequentially so what's more important and like what's what is behind those sub lines at the end of the day right. you build intrinsic value by growing revenue and growing yeah. free cash flow so look there, you, there's there's telling, multiple, you, you, you sound you just to
1: talk
0: the. about the multiple right and you know what drive what drives well it should be revenue it shouldn't just be subs like you can but make subs
2: a are important to get scale, but if you're already at scale, like what is the in, what is in, the incremental in the US, value of in the, the incremental US you scale? Are,
1: right, you're right. In the U.S., you're at scale already. Right. So, right? so if
2: you're at scale, then, then the so question is there is a growth revenue stor- scale? Yeah.
1: Right. Is there a real growth story still internationally? There should be. Right. Even if they haven't figured out India, so that's gonna that's what you need, obviously, to get to your sort of mid-20s um, subscriber growth per year. But if you don't have that and you're just, you know, kind of wind up growing revenues in whatever double digits, <laughs> whatever it may be, um, then you're going to have multiple, con- real multiple
0: contraction. I think we need to revisit this as we move into Q4 when the content state comes back. By
1: the way, I was you setting know, you up for that. I was no, trying to set you up for that. No, I just basically I just what, think what, like q4 is an enormous um content quarter for netflix that is going for to, everyone is,
0: for everyone no, i mean but, disney no, plus it's, too it's,
1: right i know but especially for netflix they're dropping a ton of content especially a lot of known content in the quarter and that should theoretically reaccelerate um subscriber growth growth and it's going to to be a tell of two stocks, whether it does or it doesn't. And uh, this stock is probably one where you have to kind of wait it out to to see what the momentum is in Q4. Would you agree with that?
0: I would. I mean, I just think, you know, the the reality is um, I think the company believes that kind of the historical mid-20s, upper 20s for growth for 2022 and beyond is still more than achievable. I don't think investors do right now. I think in, there's more investors skeptical than there have been in a while. I mean, look, stock is doing well, just fine. It was yeah, this was I a two hundred eighty dollars stock that. two years ago. It's now a five hundred plus dollars stock. Of course, stock. So of course. Netflix is doing great, but the kind of the next leg up, like how do you get to six to seven hundred, is going to be can they return to mid twenties growth? We think they can, but it's going to a lot's riding, as you said, on Q four. Oh, Q four. Yeah. But the other thing, Brandon, that I think you should hold talk on, about is on. sort hold of hold on,
2: Rich. No, okay. no, no. hold on, okay, hold on. Hold okay. your horses. All right. <laughs> let's back up. Let's back up to, to 10,000 feet. When, I know you want to <laughs> charge forward, but yeah, I get a word in edgewise here, buddy. Um, <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> holy shit. Where's, um, where's the cowboy hat?
0: That was a perfect scene for you to put the cowboy hat cowboy on. Up. That would let, let's let
2: back up 10,000 feet because I'm listening to you guys talking about all this battle of this the streaming wars and all these guys having great content and you know if you look at it during the COVID time you saw increased usage of you know the regular MVPDs whatever your funny thing that you love to say the multi-channel blah, blah, blah. television pay TV television could see an acceleration bah, bah, bah. on the decline right Christmas gifts of. New televisions. I think you should call an audible here and bring up um, how people are embracing Google Television. Um, and there's so the bigger loser here potentially is is um, these pay TV bundles. AT&T is going to have sold direct TV in the third quarter. Then Bill Morrow becomes the decider there. It's I don't know. Bill's not build some like magic magician in terms of being able to save subs. Like maybe they crank out a deal with Dish. If -hmm. Dish and DirecTV get together, do they really care about growing subs or they care about free cash flow? So maybe that's where all of these subs come from in that you can afford all of these different.
0: No, no, no. Well, that's a fucking great point. It really is because Altice is a leader here. Like Altice is truly taking leadership. Dexter deserves a ton of credit for not getting caught up, No ego, not trying to build his own flex box or own service. Hey, what is the best way to maximize free cash flow? Leverage Google, which has the, Brandon and I have repeatedly talked about best in class service is what Android TV and now Google TV has built. And Altice is just rolling out a streaming box that basically, will it allow you to take Altice video service if you want it? Sure. But it'll also let you take YouTube TV. Like if they want to lose money on YouTube TV, let Google run lose money, but it's basically just an add-on to their broadband service, basically making it easier and easier for subscribers who are looking at their video bills, going, "This is absurd." I'll just go streaming only. And you look at this interface, and it's called Optimum Stream, but it's got Netflix and YouTube. It's got the entire Google Play Store, like any other Android device. And you're right; these types of things could be very big needle movers on cord cutting. With the kind of the the counter, you know, the other side of that is great for streamers like netflix so a great point and oh, a perfect segue, brandon
2: what's that what's the buzz thing that, that rich always says the, dis- the destruction of the multi-channel what,
0: what was that <laughs> uh, but, but, but the other piece of but the other piece of netflix i wanted to tie in was gaming because i think as you think about sort of the value of the bundle brandon you should talk about what is netflix we talked about it a little bit last week but i think we got a little bit more color this week
1: Yeah, so this is an IGN tweet. Netflix won't charge subscribers extra for gaming services and plans to develop mobile games um, first. Um, So we kind of expected mobile games for a couple of reasons. Um, One is they're cheaper to make than trying to make PC and console games and allows them to experiment a little bit. Um, Two is if you think about what Netflix is current objectives are and where time isn't being spent on Netflix, it's on mobile so they can push themselves into that part of the day. Um, If you think about what it takes to succeed on mobile, a lot of it is um, kind of a CAC story and Netflix has the advantage of being able to advertise these games on the home screen, Um, to the, I don't know, it's probably like 700 million people that watch Netflix um, uh, throughout their subscriptions, if you think it's like two and a half um, per household. So look, I I think that they have a chance to build engagement um, in mobile games. They're also not going to, Another interesting that thing that came is they're not going to do anything with microtransactions, et cetera. Um, but I'm always skeptical um, about, about uh, new gaming studios and services that, um, that put games.
0: You know I'm just thinking i and again I don't know if this stat is right. I'm sure we'd have to get somebody from the company to confirm it from Rovio but i I you know I was googling it said that you know Angry Birds had been downloaded over five hundred million times and that's a low cost you know i don't know what is probably two or three dollar game to buy on 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 mobile and if you just think about that, Netflix is your point you point out brandon like they reach more than 500 million people already have subscriptions. If you think about, you know, multiple people in a subscriber household. Yeah, it's definitely way more than 500. That's what I'm just saying. So like you can instantaneously reach and just like Netflix is able to raise movies and TV shows that you can watch, they can obviously raise and create visibility for games. To hundreds of millions of people all around the world. Which
1: which is amazing. And those who forget about their internally developed, those who are thinking about licensing to Netflix and want to build buzz around their IP. um, That's a pretty big fucking funnel um, to be featured in.
0: Look, exclusive content matters. We know exclusive content matters. I mean, I was I was I was literally on Spotify this morning. You know, the Call Her Daddy podcast, we talked about going exclusive a few weeks ago. Um, It's exclusive now. The first episode launched. Now, the three exclusives, Dak Shepard, Call Her Daddy, and Joe Rogan are now the top three podcasts on Spotify. So all three exclusives, all three in the top three. Like, it just shows you the power of exclusive content when you have massive reach.
1: Yeah, the games still have to be good, though, at the end of the day. There's a lot of choices um, for games and for content in general. And you know we've seen. I mean, obviously you can you know, license from third party. That's one thing. Sure. But especially as we get down the road and start to think about Netflix making their own game, remember Amazon failed at this, sure. right? You, I mean, you can have
0: very Netflix has audience. made a lot of bad TV shows and a lot of bad movies. Like, I mean. I, things are going to things have evolved, right? Like Lily Hammer was their first TV show. Like it wasn't so great. No offense to.
1: Right. And that's know. why. And I think that's why you start with mobile, but building chops for game development, b- building a studio versus um, video. We've talked about this is a much different process and yeah. much more difficult. And it takes more than money. The other thing is, we talk about focus, and one of the reasons that Netflix became what Netflix is is because they were obsessively focused on SVOD and the video product. For games, that's not necessarily their focus. This is or, or hasn't been, and it's a different muscle. This is kind of analogous in my mind to when Amazon went into video, right? And just a but, funny-
2: So just to put the, the, you brought up Rovio, just to put the hundreds of millions of numbers in perspective, I mean, Apple's got 1 billion active users on iPhones, and then you add iPads to that and other devices, and it's like a billion six. So in in terms of reach.
1: No, no, no. Obviously the reach is there, but you're playing the app store download game and there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of games in the app store um most of them oh, are, Apple has their are own free to play and that's service, why i said right? it's a right I'll, I'll i'll tie that in this in a second but that's why i said they have a huge cac advantage because in order to um get noticed on an iphone you usually have to spend a lot of advertising yep. dollars whereas netflix will have a couple of games at first that it's featuring on its home page all yep. all the time so you don't have to pay for that advertising then vis-a-vis like game subscription on its own i've never been a huge um believer in um in game subscriptions um, because i think most people play one or two games continuously they don't jump from game to game which is why video and music subscriptions are are actually um, so powerful. The value proposition isn't necessarily there. Now I know that Verizon has said that they've had some success um, in with Apple Arcade. With Apple, with Apple Arcade. But, but, but you're saying but
2: you're saying that Netflix is using their their real estate. Like, why couldn't Apple do the same thing that Netflix but, is doing? And rather than well, you, you talked about a game trying no, to no, be no.
0: successful you, on the apps. What you're like, missing the Apple, point. No, 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 hold on, you're missing the point. I, no, no. Hold on. Apple could crush it if they put Apple Arcade into Apple TV Plus.
1: Okay, that would well, be really
0: interesting. Thing. That would be really interesting and really yeah, disruptive. But, yeah, but Apple well, it's already TV Plus doesn't have the
1: engagement that Netflix has. Right. So this is the thing you're saying. Think about the market. The marketing difference here. Okay. One is you're saying, hey, like, um, subscribe to Apple Arcade. What is Apple Arcade? No one even knows what Apple Arcade is. The other is like, hey, you can play this game for free. And we're telling you to play this game for free. Right.
2: But the Apple bundled attack is you're getting the Apple. They're not asking you to subscribe to Apple Arcade. It's basically free. So they're just now advertising to you when you're in Apple TV. Like, oh, go play that game that comes with your subscription anyway. And how is that different than Netflix saying, hey, go try this game that you've never tried before? Scale. They have a billion active users, of which right now I don't know the subscriptions are only going up. I mean, the subscriptions I think are whatever thirty percent, something like that. So,
1: I mean, you're like spending time in the time spent in Apple TV
2: on your right? phone. Time spent on your phone?
1: Oh, time. So okay, so you're saying um, in the App Store? Where where are you yeah. putting this unit?
0: I don't know. It's They they, they, they have a lot of real estate that they can play with, right? I don't know. Look, look. I think the more they bundle it without incremental pricing, the more powerful it will be. Like, but I think that part of that is like, if you could just...
1: By the way, I'm still
0: skeptical like, vis-a-vis Netflix games. <laughs> I'm not going to... Let's move on. We could debate I, this forever.
1: I, I know, but it, this is a fun one. The one other thing I do want to say about Netflix games, and maybe I made this point last week and maybe i didn't i don't remember is that i think their will video in general is going to become more interactive um
0: right so if you believe that they should be doing gaming just to developing
1: that muscle Right. right um and we've seen primitive forms of it with with bandersnatch but like just straight s like <laughs> video on demand is not the end state for video. There's going to be some hybridization between the interactive world and the streaming video
0: world. I, I know and, it's and more console. Muscle doesn't doesn't hurt. I know it's more console based than, than mobile based, but it just hearkening back to Walt's um, background image. And where we started today someone did tweet out i forget who it was that it's obviously easier to get into space than it is to build a game studio Uh,
1: yeah and i just thought
0: that was amazing (laughs) no it's
1: it's it's really hard and and that is not what netflix does right i mean and then this goes back to when we you know talked about um stadia and amazon's ambitions could they go out and do m a they could my guess with Netflix is they just pay ridiculous sums of money eventually for to for games that are probably more single player games, you know, with discrete beginning and endings, um, stories, which also kind of lines up um, with what's happening on Netflix now. So anyway.
2: Just just one stat before we go, just just to put this in perspective: there's 660 million subscriptions. That Apple, I mean, this is, this includes yep. cloud and iTunes, but it's growing like 35, 40 million a quarter. So by my, right, you
1: say you should be cross marketing in that. In,
2: I mean, well, that I world. don't like, look, they, they're moving slow, but like, you know, we have to, we have to balance this here, right? You can't say like, Hey, we're really super excited because they're doing this studio, which we talked about earlier in the podcast. And it'd be great in fucking Apple TV. And like, they're going to make all these great movies. And then on the on the flip side, I say like, oh no, but like they're nowhere in games. Like you know, maybe oh, they'll they, fail. But-
1: every, I mean, every <laughs> most of the revenue in the app store, right? Yeah. isn't, is games, right? Correct. Right. So, so, we're, so this what is a we're focus talking on about them. is their yeah. subscription product, right? Right. Which is six hundred and sixty million going,
2: subscriptions that are growing gonna, forty million a quarter.
1: Whether that's going to succeed, and. I think the bar to get people to subscribe to their subscription versus to play a couple of games, you know, for free in the, in it, you know,
2: yeah. Well, I, I don't think getting getting access to it. There, again, they're, they'll use bundling to get it. Whether they actually get the person to click on it and play a game is a different story. But that, and you could say, like, oh, I go in there; it's all shit games. Like, no one's playing those Apple games. Like, you could have made that argument about Apple TV Plus like a year or two ago. Like, okay, they, you spend money and it takes time, and yes, it's difficult, but like, it's a patient company. Right? No, true. I look with a shit ton I, of cash.
0: I, I remember <laughs> asking Eddie Q what is Apple, you know, what is video ambitions? Cause I, I basically compared it to what happened at Netflix where, you know, over five years, it went from, you know, a couple shows to, a you know, a massive amount of content. And he didn't blink at that idea that, you know, he could follow that type of path. And I think that's the path Apple's on. So, As you know, in a
2: world where they get Sunday ticket and they're all, all of a sudden, you know, jamming
0: sports games down your throat during their, their Sunday ticket. Um, I would really like that. Hopefully that happens. Um, Brandon, uh, this this is a slide or a, a tweet that, unfortunately for our listeners, doesn't really do it justice because it it's Snapchat will let you pose your Bitmoji on your profile in 3D, but what you're really looking at, in my mind, is it it's full body 3D avatars of your Bitmoji yeah. that that sort of feels like you're for I guess lack of a better word, like if you were standing in Fortnite or something, right? Like it sort of feels like um, or the you know something like the Sims game or something like it really feels like you're inside of a 3d world when you're looking at what Bitmoji, I think what we all think of Bitmoji, this is totally different than kind of your, the past Bitmoji.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bitmoji was 2d forever. Well, it started with like kind of sticker and then, you know, became a little more like of a 2d thing. And then, and now it's like full 3d, you could see, you know, any angle etc and that makes it you know gives it the ability to be the universal avatar um if if they want to take it that way and which gets us like kind of to like the whole metaverse thing and what snaps role in the quote and i always use quotes around metaverse is going to be and there's actually some interesting building blocks there obviously we know um what they're doing in ar um they have the bitmoji asset they've experimented with games and i think one thing that people aren't thinking about really is the snap map and you know if they want to add virtual space to to the snap map that certainly seems um with within uh the realm to add You know, basically basically a continuous open world.
0: Did you listen? I don't know if you were on for last night when when Evan Spiegel was talking about the impact Bitmoji's had on Unity. So people that use their Bitmoji in Unity games play twice as long. I don't know if that's a direct causation, but it's a fascinating stat and sort of shows you the personalization element of it. I don't know if I fully understand the why. Maybe you have a sense, but like, it's just a fascinating...
1: I, I, I... don't know why um why that is necessarily um but the 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 thing with the bitmojis is they look more generally realistic to who we are in in the real world compared to um
2: how many how many emojis have you how many emojis have you sent on ios via text beyond the first day that apple released it None. I did a lot first day. Every now and then I'll send one like as a shark.
1: I I never do it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean,
2: it's kind of cool. It's kind of like when Apple came out with their watch and they had the heartbeat thing and you would send the heartbeat and like a little sketch. It's cool for like a
0: day. Yeah, I don't know why that specifically sort of, you know, Bitmoji just has had a really good life and it's like it really has continued to build and now you're just starting to see it in more and more places. So I, I don't fully understand, but there's clearly something about the personalization side of it that's driving gameplay, which I think is great for for Snap. Um, OK, let's move on. Uh, hold on. Uh, Okay. Could you read, right. read TechCrunch, yes. Brandon? Okay.
1: So, this one's from TechCrunch. Um, it's saying Apple Games acquires Sketchfab, a 3D model sharing platform. So, Sketchfab is essentially a marketplace for 3D AR, uh, VR content where people upload their scans um of real world objects into the marketplace then if you are building a 3d interactive experience a vr experience whatever you could utilize um, these assets to populate the world that you're creating right so what's interesting about Epic buying it. Well, the first thing they did was reduce the take rate in the marketplace from thirty percent to twelve percent, which is kind of in line with what Epic has been doing to seed the quote metaverse. Always use the quotes, um, uh,
0: and, and also to fuck with Apple a little bit. Do they keep fucking with Apple. Yeah,
1: but I, I think, but I think that they truly want as much three um, D um, content to be. Um, out there as uh, as possible, so that people use the Unreal Engine to create as many experiences as possible, and to string them together um, into you know the building blocks of a metaverse. And I, what's interesting about this asset also is it's not necessarily only going to be used for on the Unreal Engine, even post acquisition. Um, or in um, epic games and platforms like Fortnite, it's still gonna work with Unity and kind of shows Tim's vision of that really open um, metaverse um, as opposed to the metaverse that's that's dominated um, by a couple of platforms. And actually, Zuck, did you, I don't know if you guys listened to the interview with Zuck um, that was posted this week. Um, where he says that Facebook is going to become a metaverse company. Like that's, you know, that's Facebook's goal now. And, you know, someone, I guess the interviewer said something about like the open metaverse. And and he said the, the metaverse is going to be a mixture of open and closed um, platforms, just like the Internet is today with dominant platforms Um, which is kind of what we've said. It's why we're so bullish on Roblox because we think it's going to be one of the um, key, remain one of the key platforms and there's going to be a few other ones, Um, but that there will be the ability like on the internet to have a more open um, internet
0: uh, of 3D experiences. Uh, Let's go right into um, a little wireless churn, Well, this is uh, a... a Tweet saying for
2: the third third consecutive quarter, AT&T has lower postpaid phone churn than Verizon. So this is funny for two reasons. Um, one, Doug Mitchelson got on the Verizon call and implied that Verizon, in fact, had lower churn. So he probably hasn't been following the numbers. But
0: more
1: importantly, so important, this is the second analyst to sorry. make an asset of themselves sorry. in the telecom
0: world. Well, God, we did see that we we did see that tweet <laughs> this week that there is a, a dramatic decline in Wall Street analyst pools. So. Maybe that all ties together somehow. Oh, God, Rich, that's mean.
2: Okay, Sorry. so, but more importantly, it it uh, it kind of validates what we said two years ago when everyone was ripping on AT&T for 5G-E. They invested in the network and it's paying off. They're beating they're beating Verizon. At the same time, it's good. Like, this happened the same. So, so AT&T invested in the network in Spectrum. They called it 5G-E. People shit on them. Now they're beating Verizon in terms of churn. They also added more revenue than Verizon did this quarter, as we talked about earlier. At the same time, Crown Castle reports and validates something else, which is Verizon's pivot away from millimeter wave. And everyone knows on these podcasts that we've kind of ripped into the capabilities of of millimeter wave. And so this was a validation point. Basically, Crown has lowered their numbers because Verizon is shifting their capex like overnight. Like so Verizon spent, let's say they spend nine months, you know, designing this millimeter this small cell, and all of a sudden they just say, like, oops, you know, let's shift those that money into um, towers. Maybe they're waiting to put a different spectrum in the small cells. So yeah. Definitely.
0: So sort of feels like a pretty big win for you, Walt, like, you know, looking at what happened over the last week.
2: I mean, it was fun to see again. Mm-hmm. In, Succeed and also this millimeter wave pivot pivot and also crown you know just I mean, fortunate timing yeah and, and I mean, crown here. was downgraded what a week ago yeah. something like that fortunate not necessarily for these specific reasons crown had kind of run but like like this is this has been something we've been harping on for a while in terms of why macro towers and sba are just a much better way to play this market than than you know getting into the small cells um Look, it also talked about how, you know, it also speaks to how Verizon is kind of calling out the sub issues, which we talked a little bit about before, and and we're focused on revenue. So like coming up next week, you have T-Mobile, like if these subs are bullshit and T-Mobile can't match Verizon's sequential revenue growth, which is 140 million, that is the thing. So this is getting back to your points earlier in terms of subs versus revenue. That becomes a big, a big bogey. Um, So, yeah. An interesting week in, in that regard. Let's move on. No, no you want, want to move, move. We talked about Castle. Yeah. Brandon, why don't you read Turner?
0: Okay. Turner
1: Novak and his bananas. Not sure exactly when this happened, but TikTok is heavily incentivizing creators to go live. I'm consistently hearing 5 to 10x increases in followers and video views on days you go live for 30 to 60 minutes. Very important to watch, as live is huge for Duyen. And I think um, this ties into live shopping. I think, is really where they want to go with this or is a big part of this, which is a huge trend yeah. in China. Are, are you, you don't believe Well,
0: I was right? going to say, I just think it's live. I think everything live. Like, I just think it's like, they just want to be bigger and live, which is sort of interesting, right? Because you think back, remember those billboards all over New York City and LA for yes. Facebook, like go live. Like yep, there was yep, this yep. whole thing, like go live. And maybe well, it was just before it's time. I don't know, but like, it definitely seems like it's, I'm seeing more and more of it on Instagram. I'm seeing now, obviously, a lot more of it on TikTok. Like it, it, it's just interesting. Of like, all of a sudden, going live, and we're coming out of the pandemic. It, like, it it's not even argue, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I think that this live behavior, I remember, like, you know, really like peaked out during the height of the pandemic. I remember when um, Facebook reported. I think it was this quarter. Um, Second quarter last year, um, Zuck really highlighted it. But what I thought was most interesting was that I read about the job listings um, for TikTok. And there was a huge amount of live shopping job listings um, for TikTok, which which obviously made me bring that up. And, you know, at Light Adventures, we, you know, led the B round for, for Shop Shops. Um, really on that theme, and because that is such a big trend in China, which we're really starting to see happen um, or come to life in the U.S., and it seems like TikTok wants to um, take a leadership role in in that um, in that trend. Well, I, Remember,
0: and I think so now? does Zuck.
2: Okay, yeah. I was going to say this morning on NBC, they were Microsoft Teams had an advertisement. I'm going to try and find it that. Um, it wasn't live shopping, but it was showing how like someone's your associate in Japan, you couldn't go to the Olympics and they were, li- they were going into stores and showing people like, Hey, this is what the product. Is. And it felt a lot like what shop shops shop does. Shops. It, it was, just, do. it was yeah. a whole commercial on this. And it was, it was
0: just, it was very interesting in terms of that being, you know, a thing. Hey, look, I, th- I think this is, a, I mean, it's an $18 billion business in China. QVC has been a business that since I first met, QVC has always you blown mean, me away how big and sustainable that business I was. I don't think, I mean, obviously media investors do because they know what the revenue base is. Um, but it's, it, but it's January, been an incredible but, business. Yeah. It's been incredible. And so if you just think about it, live shopping is essentially blending the creator economy that's exploded with live video streaming technology and fusing the two together. So it's going to be huge. COVID had to be an accelerator to this
2: because like, even now, when you schedule a call with an investor or a company, your first bias is to do it on Zoom. So it's just like COVID changed things in, in terms of your interest in seeing things. And, and to your point, the technology, 5G, whatever it is, going to be yep. able to go into these stores is just, it's been a game changer.
0: It all started with 5G, I think.
2: It started with 5 ge. You can do all of this on AT&T because you know what, Rich? Spectrum. I had to do that. I had to do that. Then technology. The question is, are your cable companies going to build out the technology? Now that their usage is is cranking up into Verizon's numbers, clearly it it was a big quarter for the usage on cable networks. Are they going to build? But
0: it's it's an important point because I I do think that sort of you know, you you look at what Altice is doing, right? I mean, they're basically laying fiber. I just found out that I can get fiber in Westport. So they're coming tomorrow to scope out the work. But like, I can actually get a gig or maybe even multi-gig symmetrical Versus right now in Connecticut, I have 40 megs upstream and in New York, I have 20 megs upstream, which is just, I mean, it's on spectrum, but it's like embarrassing, but at least all T's I can get 40, but going from 40 to a gig is going to be night and day for my video quality on zoom Rich, uh, for anyone who watches this brand of fiber that they're sending from like five towns over just to shut you up. No, no, they said somehow. Westport <laughs> is, they said Westport is live. So, uh, I'm hopefully actually going to have fiber over the next X number of weeks, but no, but like you think about it, if you move away from, if you, you know, you're realizing the power of fiber, you're getting out of the video business, maybe not fast enough, but you're certainly getting out of the video business. It does raise the question of like, how big does wireless and what do you actually want to do? And I don't think Altice will be a leader because they're not a big enough company, but certainly for Comcast and Charter, I think all eyes are going to be more and more on what what is the long-term wireless What's interesting is when they When the cable
2: subscribers were ramping during COVID, um, it came at a time when people were staying at their home and these executives yep. get on there like, oh, 80% of your usage on, on the Wi-Fi. Like, well, now those people are leaving their homes. So cable investors better hope that the usage is on their, their metered plans and not the unlimited plans. Because if it's in the unlimited plans, they're effectively transferring value to Verizon. So at some point when Verizon... Um, we're going to see like what it is like Verizon's wholesale number is going to, is going to drop out some items that we'll see exactly what Comcast and charter are paying to them. Um, so that'll be interesting.
0: Fans, Brandon fans, uh,
1: from Brandon Thurston, basically just the, um, the ratings numbers for wwe so wwe raw last night on usa network was watched by 1.923 million viewers on average it was the first raw at full capacity since march of 20 and then final rating for wwe smackdown last week friday on fox uh, 2.31 million viewers the most since january 22nd that was also the first live smackdown since uh, march of 2020 just to point out i guess on wwe the ratings i, I think these were both generally up about 15 percent year over year and sequentially from um um from the week before as fans returned i think they're both down still what 20 ish well, SmackDown isn't a perfect comp, but Raw is down about 20% from summer of 19 still. Um, WWE has... So fans obviously do matter
0: to a certain extent. No, they clearly matter. I mean, they clearly matter time and time again. They
1: clearly matter, obviously, but the reason I say to a certain extent is because the quality of... I mean, we say this like all the fucking time. It's like the quality of the programming still needs to be good and you still have a dramatic decrease um from 2019 levels even with um the return of fans and wwe is trying to juice it you saw that they brought cena back um
0: i uh, did i did see that
1: on sunday night they brought goldberg back Um,
0: so i i I wouldn't know because i tried to watch it on peacock and it didn't work so uh, well Rich. Peacock cock. Rich. Peacock. Uh, we're going to. Do you have a surprise for us, Rich? We do have a surprise. We have a surprise for all of our watchers. Uh, this won't be as good for our listeners, but it's only for our watchers. You're going to love this. So you've this heard, is from this is from the launch this. event. This is the launch event the TikTok will, that I created.
1: That you've heard about like a thousand times.
0: I, I want to see you. Peacock cock cock. you Peacock cock. you Peacock cock. Your peacock, cock want to see a peacock,
1: cock,
0: cock, peacock cock. now I mean, the best the, i mean it's amazing it's amazing um but 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 what why don't, what, why what, don't you just tweet that out because
1: i know most
0: i have tweeted crazy. that out i have tweeted that out but what's amazing about that is like i went this morning so i, I had physical therapy this morning and i went to physical therapy and on my walkover all I wanted to do, because it was 6.55 in the morning, I had 7 o'clock PT, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go turn on the opening ceremonies, and so I opened up Peacock, and I scrolled, uh, and I look, first of all, I went to the homepage, and there was no opening ceremonies. so I thought that was weird. I went to the Olympics tab, no opening ceremonies. I start scrolling down, and it says, um, Olympics opening ceremony replay tomorrow at 7 a.m., and I'm like, seriously? Like, they don't even have the rights to do the opening ceremonies on Peacock, You have to go to NBC Linear on a TV subscription or get a, go out and get an antenna to watch the opening ceremonies. And it just showed me how the, the streaming future of TV is so screwed up by all of the rights and local affiliates. Everyone wants to wonder, why doesn't Amazon or Apple buy one of these companies? This is why. Because the legacy rules and st- structures of agreements suck. And they're so consumer unfriendly. That's why they don't buy these companies.
1: Yeah, I think Netflix said that outright um, on the earnings interview. They called them encumbered assets.
0: Yes, perfect (laughs) word. It's a perfect word. They are truly encumbered and they don't allow you to lean into the future. And we keep talking about it, but it's just when you see an example like this, you have a direct to consumer streaming service and you don't even use it to get content to your consumers. Like, it's just it's crazy. Um, Okay, let's move on. Now we got one. Okay. <laughs> on to concerts. Concerts.
1: Um,
0: a, little, a little scary. No, this a this little scary. scary.
1: Yes, we definitely heard from some clients on this live. Uh, so Live Nation celebrates return to live concerts by offering fans $20 um, all-in tickets. And I think this is for a week. And then there's kind of a list of artists um, that are participating in this in their amphitheaters. I just want to say this. Um,
0: what would a twenty dollar yeah, ticket normally be like? What would it normally I mean, be? Are the, we talking these are, these are
1: lawn, these are you know likely lawn seats, um, which I don't know are a lot less expensive than the reserve seats. In the so example. this is a
0: misread. Is this is this just a misread overall? Yeah,
1: look, I they have done this in the past. They've had these sort of like low priced um, lawn seat promotions um, that have gone across their amphitheaters.
0: Um, I think this is a misread. I think people are overreacting to this.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think it's a misread too. There's obviously some fear um around the Delta variant that played, you know, played into this which led to these calls. And it seems still seems like we've said that the concert business is accelerating in terms of reopening on the supply side the demand sides there has some of the demand not necessarily been there on some of the you know how do i put this the the bands that appeal to older audiences that tour all the time yeah not everything has been blowout sellout and i think some of those bands like in the past are represented in uh in discounted ticketing
0: Okay, and let's wrap up on. Um, I think sort of feels like one of the crazier things I've seen, Brandon, is um, your your favorite band is building their own massive media company all on their own. Is that what <laughs> well, I'm basically I, looking at? Well. I- this They're teaching one, all of my, all of our bigger companies how to go direct to consumer well, I, themselves.
1: I, I think that, I mean, well, I'll read the, I'll read the tweet and then I'll, uh, I'll comment on it. So this is from fish Livefish.com will webcast all 22 shows from the band summer tour beginning with the tour opener next week and ending with three nights in Colorado in September order. Now, now, so this is a, you know 22 show like a one month subscription um for 400 dollars i believe for um for uh, a regular hd broadcast and i think it was either 600 or 700 dollars if you want it in 4k and we talk about the creator economy and having direct to consumer um relationships all the time i mean this band um, I guess the dead really um, started it with their own mail order tickets and having like a real type relationship with their community slash fan base. But fish has been doing this, you know, forever having their own um, ticket pre-sales. They have their own streaming audio service. They have been
0: selling, um, uh, I guess. you haven't selling more, any, any NFTs yet? Any NFTs uh, yet from fish?
1: No, no, no NFTs. Although, um, hmm the Garcia family now has uh, <laughs> NFTs of, of Jerry's artwork. Um, but look, I mean, if you have a very passionate fan base and you're even not at this point, not even that forward, you don't have to be that forward thinking about how to monetize them, um, the results um, can be quite good. So you, um,
0: you talk about, like. When is the first fish concert? show when is when is the first fish show that you're seeing?
1: Well, I'm not going. I mean the first one is Tuesday night in Arkansas, which is interesting as we talk about the the delta variant um, you know, I think that state is like a thirty three percent vaccination rate so I will not be attending that. We'll wait until the east coast and i I think the first show I'll be at is in Atlantic City, which is not that far from where I've been spending a lot of time anyway. Back to the Peacock Cox cock song.
0: Well, I think it's, it's the right way to go out for episode well, since, 65 since, 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 it's, since
1: it's the olympics now right
2: um, here, brandon can you move your microphone up can we send him a portable mic for next week's episode listeners please chime in if you'd like to hear a rounder tone on brandon no, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll we will find him home. a portable mic you can travel next week's with. podcast but then we'll find him because we'll find him a portable mic that he can travel with to help you all hear his sultry tones even better
0: It's just not the same quality
2: we want no, to hear your not. sultry voice Brandon so we're going to give you a what mic that you can travel with I can't hear you what are you bringing with, with you, to St. you. you, bringing with bit you bit. to St.
1: Bart's for the podcast
2: well I will be back by the time the podcast happens and but if I didn't I would just bring this mic but 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 I will say with na- I would actually just take the mic with me as I did really in multiple other locations yes
0: Walt Walt have a great vacation And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be very excited That Snapchat as of this moment Is up 25% So I am going to just go enjoy that And have a nice early cocktail for sure Early cocktail Well I guess it's 5 o'clock somewhere It's 5 o'clock somewhere There we go
1: Have a great weekend everyone